DH and JW were out deer hunting. DH busted a really big buck with a monster rack. He and JW finally find the trophy and start dragging it back to the truck by grabbing onto each one of its hind legs. The going is slow because the deer's head keeps rolling back and forth and his antlers keep hanging up on everything. Finally, JW says, hey, DH, why don't we grab it by its antlers and drag it? Good idea, says old DH. So they're dragging the deer by the antlers now, and JW says, this sure is easier, ain't it? DH says, yeah, it sure is, but we're getting further and further away from the truck. You're listening to the Smackdown Outdoors podcast. What's up, everybody? How you doing, Smackdown Outdoors Podcast? I'm the host, Doug Glimmerveen, just an idiot with a microphone, a camera, and a jerima. That's right. On today's episode, I sit down and talk with Mr. Kevin Lovegreen, who is a children's book author. I, I hope, hope that's how you say that. Either way, he's an author that writes kids' books based on true life experiences that he has had in the outdoors. They're short books, and they are easy reads. And the cool thing about Kevin is that he has a discount code that he mentions in the podcast to give you 15% off. I'm not going to tell you now. That way you have to listen to the episode. And, yeah, that's how I sucker you guys into listening to the episode. Ha! Anyway, I do thank you for listening. Um, Yeah, he's a really cool guy. He is a fast talker and full of information. So don't be surprised if you have to listen to this one once or twice or twice or three times. Yeah, there. There you go. Um, yeah. So it's a, it, it, it's <laughs> the guy. I really, really like the guy. I want to have him. I want to have him back on for sure. Um, but yeah, he sits down, tells us how he got started writing these books and kind of how to write books and how to get them published and what some of the books are about and whatnot. So it's a really, uh, really cool episode and it's different. It's not just fishing. It's not just a hunting episode. So, you know, we're getting, I know we have a lot of fishing episodes and I want this to be outdoor, all outdoors related. So I'm trying to do my best. And actually we've got next week, is it next week? Yes, it's next week. We've got a trapping episode too with Mr. Craig Hilburn. That one there is another gr- <laughs> that's a good episode that is going to be a really good episode um but this one here i'm telling you this this here is a is it's not a super long episode um and it's packed full of stuff we t- we both tell some pretty funny stories and whatnot so it's definitely definitely worth a worth a listen to all the way to the end which you should be doing anyway dang it right Anyway, um, let's see. Before we get to the episode, make sure you go to that top pin post on the Facebook page, the SmackDown Outdoors podcast page, which you should already be liking. If you're not, go over there and give it a like. And by the way, make sure to uh, subscribe wherever you're listening right now. And also the YouTube page, SmackDown Outdoors podcast. But go over to the Facebook page. There's the top pinned post. I am raising money for the Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. What is the Adult and Teen Challenge? Well, they help people uh, get off of uh, drugs and alcohol, um, stuff like that. You know, help them with their addiction. They save lives, okay? And I'm raising money for their Teen Challenge fishing tournament on June 1st. Okay, so go to the go to the Facebook page, top pinned post. Click that and uh, donate some money, a dollar a million dollars, somewhere in between. It doesn't matter. 
And I know some people might have might be having problems um, donating if they're like on their phone or whatnot through that link. So just copy paste and put it in your browser, and then you can uh, donate. So it is a really good organization, um, dude. They, they literally save lives. So let's raise some money and help them. So there you go. All right. So let's get on with the episode, Mr. Kevin Lovegreen. And remember, there's a discount code in there. Mentions it a couple times. So that way you can go to kevinlovegreen.com and buy some of these books. Buy them all. Buy all the books. Set of 10 books. It's like 100 bucks or something. And then you get your discount. So there you go. And then he also, he's also got an adventure journal that you can get for your kids so then they can write down all of their uh, all their adventures, right? And then they can write their own books someday. So without any further ado, Mr. Kevin Lovegreen. Mr. Kevin Lovegreen. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks am, for having me. I'm excited about this one because it's different. It's not, <laughs> hey, what did you do for, you know, catching this or how did you hunt this? So yeah. it's the kind of things that I want to get into on this podcast, different things that are outdoor connected. Sure. So uh, before we get to what we're talking about, let's go over to the Minnesota Master Angler Program. And that is brought to you by the Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame in Little Falls. Have you been there? I have. A cool place. Yes. Yes. And I'll actually, well, this will come out. Well, for you live people, it's tomorrow night is the Fishing for the Pros. Okay. Um, but uh, they they gave me an invite on uh, for that. So by the time this actually goes out everywhere else, hopefully I had a great time. Well, and, I, and I made it there <laughs> with this weather. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. I yeah. even know somebody who's up there. Actually, my uh, my brother's father in law, mm-hmm. uh, Don Link, is he was inducted probably now four or five years ago. So oh, he's okay. in the Hall of Fame for making fishing lures. Pretty cool. Yeah. Got, does he have? Do they have lures of his there? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I I I was there before he got inducted, so I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Well, let me. Uh, if I'm. Yeah, Don Link. Don Link. Yeah. Skirts H-O. Plus, and they make all kinds of... He was the guy that invented basically all your spinner baits that have cool colors. Mm-hmm. He invented it. Really? Yep. So nice. he's got, they got their skirts all over. Perfect. Yeah, I'll check it out and see if they're there. And if they are, I'll, if I remember, I wrote it down. <laughs> so if I remember, I'll take some pictures if they are there, and I'll send them to you. So, so, you, got, so you got that. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So our Minnesota Master Angler this week is Jacob Essex. And I started from kind of the back in the day and i'm gonna slowly but surely work my way up to current times got it although there's a lot of them so it'll take hopefully i reach the current time now and i've got hundreds and (laughs) thousands of podcasts sure but he did on june 6 2007 caught and released by sport fishing method from minnesota waters a 29 inch eight pound eight ounce walleye and is hereby recognized as an official minnesota master angler That's a nice fish. My first, yeah, my, I'm, I'm still trying to reach 28. I've got, yeah, 27 is my tops. Yeah. He is from Muskegon, Michigan, and he caught it in Lake Vermilion, St. Louis County. That is one of those land of giant fish. I do know that. And I got to tell you, I didn't know there was a Minnesota master angler. The only, when I was up in Alberta, I think mm-hmm. it was fishing or uh, Manitoba, somewhere up there. Yep. I thought that's where they had it, but I did not know Minnesota actually had a master angler. Yeah. And apparently, at least since 2007, um, they've been doing it. And huh. we, what we can do is we can, we get this in like an email, this little certificate, so you can print it out and put it on your wall. Yeah, nice. Um, there's some states, I saw one the other day, somebody, I can't remember which state it was, but they actually send you a patch. 
Okay. Like the old school well, patches and in your jacket. What, that's yeah. what Canada did. I've got a patch and a pl- and a, a plier, a, a, a certificate like that yeah. that I've got sitting in my basement that nice. I don't know what well, to do yeah. with it. Well, I, I, last year I sent in a walleye I caught. It was 27 and change. I, Mille Lacs or Lake of the Woods, whatever it was. Right. I'm like, I might as well do it. Right, right. And I haven't printed out mine my, my yet. It's like, eh, maybe when I get my next one, I'll, I'll do it, but... I, um, I caught a 23-pound lake trout up there. It was a big nice, one. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, his, uh, he did release it, and his catch story was had a, a replica made, uh-huh. caught with a spinning rod on a Rapala deep dive lure. His witness was John Essex. So, And I looked on Facebook to see if I could uh, find him, and I think he like builds cars and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Like He's got his own car building thing, if I found the right guy. Cool. Don't know. So that is your Minnesota Master Angler, Jacob Essex. Congratulations on that massive walleye. That is a big one. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go do a little uh, news of the week. Speaking of massive fish and Lake of the Woods, a new Minnesota whitefish record has been caught by an Oklahoma fisherman. Uh, Bill King reportedly caught the 13.57-pound, 29-and-a-half-inch fish Saturday, April 6th on a popular fishing spot known as the Sandbar off Springsteel Island near War Road on Lake of the Woods. On Monday, April 8th, the fish was checked by Minnesota Fisheries in Baudette and confirmed as a lake whitefish because it could be a tulipy. So they got to make sure it's either a whitefish or a tulipy. And the paperwork to register the fish was being processed, according to reports. As of Monday morning, results were still pending. Um, yeah, the fish weighed on an official register scale at, apparently, I have a supermarket in War Road. <laughs> Doug's supermarket in War Road. I did not know that. <laughs> I got a TV place, too. I can't remember where that is. It's like a f- TV fix-it spot. Uh, he got there just before the store closed Saturday evening. It would it would best the previous record Lake Whitefish, 12 pounds, 4.5 ounces, by over a pound. He didn't just beat it. He smashed it. Wow. That fish caught uh, March 21st, 1999 on Leech Lake near Walker, measuring 28 and a half inches. Hmm. So there you go. So congratulations, Mr. Uh, Mr. King from Oklahoma. Show up here and you start... Beating our records. Fantastic. <laughs> it's a big fish. Yes. Yes. All right. So that's our news of the week. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we're live. If we are, <laughs> I'd say let us know, but I'm not paying attention to that. But uh, Mr. Kevin Lovegreen, you, sir, are a hunter. I am. Fisherman, outdoorsman. Yep. Uh, speaker. Yep. And also an author. That's true. And that's why you're here. You write kids' books. I do. So I asked you this at the Deer and Turkey shows where, where we met, but how did this come about? Well, that's an interesting story. Uh, so good, nine, nine good, years good. ago, good. right. <laughs> that's why you're here. Right. I'll give you a short version and a long version. we got some time. we no. got as much time as you, you want, so long version it is. No, I'll, I'll, but I'll keep it. It's, uh, it's an interesting story. So nine years ago, I ran a metal fabrication shop with my brother and brother-in-law for about 19 years. I sold out to my brother nine years ago. I was still a pretty young guy, and I needed something to do. Mm-hmm. So I was in the midst of uh, hiring a life coach, trying to figure out where to take myself. One of the life coaches I was interviewing simply asked me a question, what do you have or do that's different than anybody else? I don't know why, but at the time, the only thing I could come up with with my, is my diary that I started when I was 12 years old when I went on my first deer hunt. 
My mom gave me a diary. I came home from that weekend. I didn't needed something to write in it, so I wrote down the weekend what happened because pretty cool things happened. Right. I kept the diary until I was about 30, and I wrote all my hunting and fishing stuff in it just because I wanted to remember the stuff. So she simply told me, I don't know what it means, but go figure out what to do with that because probably nobody else got, has one. Right, right. So I told a friend of mine, she says, well, you got to meet my mom. I said, why would I meet your aunt? She writes children's books. I said, what does that have to do with me? <laughs> I just, I'm a business guy. I just wrote, you know, ran businesses. So uh, I, I met her mother, and she sat down with me and said, okay, I think we had maybe a half an hour. It was at her lunch break. She sat down, gave me a sheet of about 31 steps and said, here's what it takes to write a book. And again, I said, okay, why are we talking like, you know, what's going on? And she already at the time, I think she had four or five books. Alice sizes her name, writes these really cool books, and she illustrated her own books also. She was so fired up and so excited about her books, it was contagious. I basically sat there going, well, this is so cool. And finally she said, well, why don't you go write one? I said, well, why would I do that? She goes, why won't you do it? You have nothing better to do. Right, right. It's so, not working, so. <laughs> I couldn't say no to Alice. She, she was just, yeah, too, uh, I don't know, she really uh, sunk deep in my soul and just seemed like something really fun to do. So I love telling the story. So I got back in my car. I called my wife. Said, "Hey, honey, I'm gonna write a children's book." Silence. <laughs> of course. Like, what are you talking about? You're gonna... <laughs> I mean, again, I had no idea I was gonna do it. And I also tell a story that my college buddies that know me laughed, thinking that I couldn't write a paragraph, let alone a book. So, I went on the venture. I went home and said, I grabbed the diary and said, "Well, why wouldn't I write about my first white-tailed deer hunt?" So it ended up being that I did bring some books here, and I didn't bring that one, but. The Swamp is my hardcover version of the Whitetail the Whitetail Adventure. Yeah. It's all about my first Whitetail deer hunt. So I started rattling off the story, and literally in about two weeks, I sent the 50 pages back to Alice and said, look, I think I wrote my book. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice, Alice just was like, wait a second, how, did you already have it like started? I said, no, I was just so excited to go home. I just started rattling off. Once I started, I couldn't stop. Well, she laughed, said it took her a year to get her first, first book done. I needed a lot of work, trust me, but... The, the basis was started. Right, the bones were there. So that's what started, and the rest is history. I'm working on my 11th right now, and it's been a uh, crazy 11 years. I just, once I did the first one, school started saying, hey, come and read the book. I heard you wrote a book, and I got bored reading the book to the kids, so I then started doing presentations. Okay. And those presentations led to just more books because the kids, they're just nothing like, they're all hunting and fishing books based on mm -hmm. true stories from your life? From either myself or my son, who's Lucky Luke. His name is Luke, and that's okay. where Lucky Luke's Hunted Adventures book series came from. Oh, okay. He, he's right. now 19. So, yeah, so at the time when he was 10, I took him out on his first turkey hunt, and that created Winner Winner Turkey Dinner. Which is my favorite uh, <laughs> title to any of your books. I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> and Lucky Luke came up with the title. He's very proud to say that. So, yes, Winner Winner Turkey Dinner came about, and that was all about his turkey hunt. Now, mm -hmm. what I do is I intertwine. So even though it's Lucky Luke and I going out, and, and the basis of the story is his hunt, I tie in about 15 years of mine, my buddies hunting also, so I make sure that the story has a whole bunch of fun things impacted in it. Right. And that is, that's what happened. That's how it all started. Nice. So what is it, when it like, when you go, because I, <laughs> I know nothing about publishing a book. Yep. So from, from start to finish, how long did that take to get the first book, like, Sellable. The first book probably took me a solid year. Okay. It really did, and it shouldn't take that long. All the other books, and the kids ask me that all the time when I go into schools, um, usually about six months, it's, okay. and, and that's pretty quick. But getting the book published is the easy part. I self-publish the book. My very first book, I use a self-publishing company called Beaver Palm Press in Edina. 
It was wonderful. They helped me. They guided me through it. Once I created a team, the editor, designer, illustrator, it's easy to get a book done okay. and have it sitting there looking at you once you send it off to a printer. The hard part's selling it. <laughs> yeah. How, well, getting kids to sit there and read a book. Yep. I mean, it's, it's tough because yes. they've got the phones, the tablets, the computers, yep. and all that stuff. So how do you do? You just go to schools and promote it that way, or so, I know yeah. you were at the Deer and Turkey Show. Absolutely. So but, what the, the neatest thing about this adventure and the most humbling part of it is I have gotten hundreds of contacts of teachers, media specialists, and parents saying that once their kids found these books because they're so different and they're about Lucky Luke going on cool adventures, mm-hmm. kids are reading them. So the reluctant reader boys that never like to read, they're picking these books up because they think they're cool. And it has been so much fun. So my idea, when I go into the schools now, I call it that I create a reading frenzy. Mm-hmm. I walk into the school. I wear cowboy boots and a vest, and I look like an outdoor guy, and I got this fun hat. And the kids first of all go, oh, who is this guy? And they usually have the book, so they have an idea what I'm doing. But then I give them the presentation, and I explain to them how to bring a book to life. That's the education side of it. So they learn what an editor really does and a designer, and they love seeing the illustrations. I can't draw it all. The kids get a kick out of that. I show them my stick figures. Then I show them, yeah. <laughs> this is what I want it to look Trust somewhat me. like. Yes. Take it from here. <laughs> exactly. So I show them before and afters, and they get a kick out of right. that. So we go through that process. But then where it gets fun is I talk to them about the stories. And I, because they're based on true stories. So it, it, my deal is the matter the kids get at me, the more then then I know I did my job. So I tell them the stories. Meaning, so, yeah, I was gonna say the matter they get at you. So here's the deal. So I start with fish on, and okay. I talk to them. I had the most magical day bass fishing up in northern Minnesota, my grandparents' cabin, and it's all here. But I had a northern pike break my line, and all these things really happened. The northern pike jumped out of water with my big bass arena stuck in its mouth. I went after that fish for like two hours. It kept surfacing, and I'd try to catch it. So it's all in the story, but then finally the wind accidentally started blowing right at the lure the third time it popped up and I tried something different. I rolled the boat over, I stuck the net in the water, and I carefully drifted by. And you'll have to read the book to find out what happened. Oh, oh yeah. so hold on. The book's in front of me. Let me steal it. Yeah. Start reading. So the matter that, so then I get to <laughs> then I bring him to the muddy elk, and this is where it gets really fun. I the the muddy elk is all about me seven years trying to get an elk close enough with archery. I finally get an elk. But I call him in to about two feet away from me, and he's staring at me, and I'm crouched, hiding behind my bow and arrow. And then I can see, I can smell, he's smelling me, and mm-hmm. I can hear it, and I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I got the kids all looking right at me, and then I say, you guys won't believe what happened next, but you'll have to read it and find out. <laughs> and that's where the screen then they just now, get mad Okay, I'm mad at you too now. <laughs> oh, my God, they get so mad at me. And so I get emails from them when I leave. Yeah. That was not fair for you to do that. And then I say, did you read the book? Yeah, it was great. Well, then we accomplished our goal. Right, yeah. If I tell you what happened, then you, what's the point of buying the book and reading it? So what happened when I first went in, I used to tell the story of what happened. And I had a little second grader come up to me and said, I was halfway through Fish On, and now I know what happened. I went, oh, oh. sorry, buddy. So he helped me you know, right, figure right, out right. my presentation. But yeah. So that's what I do. And then also, to tie the whole thing together, when I go into the schools, I bring all my game calls. And I show the kids, I do an animal call challenge. And I did that at the Deer and Turkey Classic yeah, also up on let me, the stage, Let me right? cross this off my list of things to talk about. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's it's funny. So when I do that, they get to hear a, 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 not just a grunt call from a buck, but then I show them live video of a real buck in the woods grunting. And when I finally figured out how to bring these videos and find the videos to show the kids, it has made it really fun. All the parents, the teachers, they all get a kick out of it also. So they get to hear a real buck grunting. They get to hear a real hen turkey making her noise. 
the obviously they get the tom turkey gobbling but then the bull elk i get five mm-hmm. or six different bull elk bugling so they get to hear all that and then guess what they are whether the boy or girl and it ends up being a really fun way to tie this whole thing together because by the time I leave, they're fired up about animals in the outdoors. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And they've, they've got an education now. And they got um, a little education. Yeah. And they go home to tell their dad, hey, did you know this? And do the, yes. and they're like, do you have any turkey calls, dad? Well, well, if they hunt, yeah. Let me see them. Then the kid's running around driving his dad crazy. Right? Perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, so, what's the what's the age that you so the are? I got Now I got eight chapter books. I'm working on my, my 11th book right now. It's, it'll be the ninth chapter book. These are great for second to sixth graders. Okay. And then my two hardcover picture books, the turkey Tales in the swamp are great for kindergarten to second graders. So they're all elementary age, age for kids. So 68 pages up to 138 pages. Okay. Yeah. So not that long. Nope. They're just right. So nice. even we can have fun with them, right? Well, yeah. Like I'm like, hmm. Let me see here. Trust me. If you know how many dads have now said, wait a minute, I got them for my kid, but I couldn't stop reading when I got home. It's like perfect. Right. It's great. Right. Um, I was gonna ask. You are you have so much energy. I'm just like, wait a minute. Okay, I got a little energy. Yeah, no, I've been told that before. No doubt, <laughs> no doubt. Um, are there pictures in the book? There, you know, I scatter them out. So yes, Margarita, who does an amazing job. So what I do is I do some of these. Like these are hanging in my actual bathroom at home. I got these oh, great okay. crappies up north, and then I take I find a largemouth bass picture. But then there's different pictures scattered out where well, I put real pictures in to show the kids yeah. that the adventures are true. But yes, I Margarita will do some fun pictures like that. I got a great illustrator, so we we mix it up. Yeah. So, but it's not just a picture book. It's no, no, no. These are more chapter reading. books, and they got yeah. about five to seven pictures scattered throughout. Nice. So, do you go all over the country then? I have now. Can I can say that? Yes. I, I've okay. been wherever somebody will, wherever somebody will pay to have me go, I'll go. So, I had a gal contact me last year from Montana and said, "Hey, if you're ever driving through Montana, can you please stop at our school?" I'm in the deer stand with my daughter. We're hunting. I'm like, "Well, I got to reply back to this lady." I said, "Well, I'm never just going through Montana." So, right. so anyway, long just story goes short, through Montana. <laughs> right. So I guess she worked with their town and they got great art community. They came together. They figured out how to get my expenses paid. So I went out to Montana, did a, a number of schools out there. I've been to Canada. I've been a lot of different spots. Yes. But a lot, mainly Minnesota. Okay. All right. Do you ever slow down? I never slow down. I just don't. That's the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> and to think that I was up at four o'clock this morning wrapping up my my book to go off to the editor this morning for a, I, and I figured out yeah you know, it's a fly fishing book is book number eleven and we had to come up with a new title so I uh, the Snake River Challenge the Snake the, River uh, Challenge yes it's all about fly fishing the South Fork of the Snake River in Idaho yeah I saw I, I was digging through your Facebook and saw some pictures of some very nice fish yes yes so now are you an avid fly fisherman then or are you well, just kind of my wife and you'll I do it my wife loves fly fishing so I'm extremely lucky that way my cousin's been a guide for about 17 years 18 maybe probably now 20 I guess out on Idaho so for at least seven to eight years we were doing an annual trip out there the kids got a little bit older so we put that on hold but I would say there hasn't been too many times where two years have gone by where we haven't gone back out and did some kind of fly fishing. Nice. I've so, yet to yet to try it. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, I you know. gotta and trust me that that's what the book is hopefully gonna get a lot of people to see that it really is a fun thing to do if you've never done it. Hmm. Neat. Yes. So you're uh what is the moonbean gold winner? The moonbean asshole. Yeah, never heard of that one. So the way I work is you can tell I got energy, right? Well, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've, I don't know if I've ever been like this, like, okay, now what do I talk about? Cause he covers 12 things at once. <laughs> Feel so, free to slow down a little. And no, that's how I market. I kind of go in a hundred oh, yeah. directions, oh, yeah. right? Well, when I, when I saw you at the show and I 
you know, asked you, how'd you come up with this? And you ran, you just went on. I go, <laughs> okay, here's my card. We're going to get you on the show because I'm going to ask you something and you're going to talk for a while. I'm not going to have to say much, which is great. Nobody wants to hear me talk, but. I told my wife, I said, I think this might go for two hours. She said, and you're going to run out of time. I know. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. So, okay. You say something. I'll just start coming up with more things to talk about. Anyway. So, so the Moonbeam Award. Then it's Moom, not Moon. Moon. No, it is moon. Oh, it is moon. Yeah, it's moon. Oh. The moon bean. Well, yep. did, they, did you have that? I think it's wrong on the website. Uh-oh. Let's hope not. Uh-oh. Do I have one book? I don't have even... Oh, there it is. So. Okay. Oh, it is moon. Jeez, that, there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's moon. I think on your uh, I think on the, on your website it might say moon. Oh, that's funny. So right. double we'll check to, that. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. So idea is that there was a... I got an email that said, hey, do you want to subscribe to a challenge coming up and an award deal and... I've never done it. So it was one of those days I said, hey, why wouldn't I? The problem was there was a whole bunch of different uh, different things you could subscribe for or put in for. So I must have done it one day because this is what I do. Right. And then I forgot about it. So then I get an email that says, hey, by the way, the awards are out. And I said, great. So I started going through them. <laughs> and I didn't know what I what I put in for again. Oh. So I went right, so. <laughs> wait, wait. Did I buy a lottery ticket or not? I can't remember. Was it the power Powerball or I don't know? It's funny. So number 10 was like fiction. Okay, well, that's not one. And then I got to another one that was like, you know, fiction chapter books. I'm like, oh, that's not there either. I went through about 20 of them, and I was ready to give up and not keep looking. Finally, I said, well, I might as well go through them all. Well, like number 41 <laughs> was, was chapter book fiction. Oh. Series. Okay. So I guess I put in for the whole series. I didn't even know I did that. Oh, really? <laughs> so I won for the whole series, which makes it pretty cool. So now I can say all the books are award-winning. So that was neat. So I got the email. As you know, the Kelly, my marketing gal, who is amazing. She's phenomenal. Them. She's phenomenal. And she contacted them and said, what's this all about? She goes, well, he didn't just, like, try it one time, did he? <laughs> yep, we put it in and we oh, won. That's... They're like, oh, that doesn't happen very often. So very fortunate, extremely lucky and happy about that. And now if it gets more books in kids' hands, that's, right. that's all we're hoping for. Now, like the, the Grinch that stole Christmas with Jim Carrey, did it come with a check? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, check? no check. Oh, no. Well, of course, it. what it comes with is they want you to buy their packages. You know, the, the stickers cost, you know, about oh, 200 so you can put your sticker oh, on there yeah. going, oh, it's an award-winning book. Exactly. Right? Oh. So it's more of a marketing package thing and all that. But the cool thing is, is it really has gained momentum now that I can at least show that. And, right. and I think it's given a lot of teachers the ability or, or media specialists to at least look at it now because they know it's award-winning. And I'm putting a bunch of these in the schools. It's really fun. Nice. Now, do you sell them to the schools, or you I, donate some? Or I, 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 well, I've donated a bunch of books. Yes, okay. I've donated a bunch. I love donating them. Uh, I mean, I, I know you got to make money, so you sell them to school. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah, but, no, yeah. that's definitely what we do. And we, yeah. and the neat thing is now schools buy the whole packages, so mm -hmm. they'll buy all all ten of the books, put them in the libraries, and trust me, this is where it gets so much fun. I've had, I got a couple. If I get twenty five miles out of the Twin Cities, mm -hmm. it's a whole different world. They love the kids are into hunting. They're in the outdoors. Yes. So go, go 10 miles out of the cities, right. and it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, this kid actually, like, throws hay bales and stuff? Right. You know? I mean, even up, like, in Rogers, you yes. know, I've been up there. They're yes. just awesome. Yep. But the Wadena area has been out of hand. I did Wadena? About, Wadena. I did about really? five schools up there this year. It was unbelievable. The, the teachers were amazing, but... Um, now we've tried like Little Falls area. One of the, the media specialists c continuously tells me that the books are constantly checked out, even to the point where the fifth graders, and I, and I love this, she said, I've never had this before, but my books are the only ones on the waiting list. Oh, really? <laughs> fifth graders follow the kid <laughs> up and say, okay, okay, you're going to turn it in, and then they wait for it and grab yeah. it. It's like, it's fantastic. That's, well, here's the deal. You're, you're getting kids 
into the outdoors. Yes. That might not have been, or if they are, more into the outdoors. Yep. And you're getting them to read. Yes. It's you're a dual, fantastic. You're a dual threat. So a teacher, when I was back from the Wadini area, one of the teachers sent back and gave me a beautiful message, and it was, it was awesome. I love hearing it. But she said the greatest part was she went back, and her third-grade girl was the first one to run up and say, I want to check out one of these books, and I don't even read. Oh, really? <laughs> that's what she wrote. Oh, so it's funny. like, yes. So we got her. So that's awesome. So when it comes to the boys and the girls, do you see even numbers interested? Or so is it, <clears throat> I'm sure it's probably boy heavy. It is, it is boy heavy, but the coolest part is a bunch of the girls read it. Crystal, who's my 21-year-old daughter, loves hunting. She's a hero in three of the books. Well, the girls love oh, to know there's a girl involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, know what, you know what you're doing. No, that's the funny or you're part. Just, well, I wrote it the way it, it yeah, worked out. I'm not kidding you. The swamp ended up being that way. That was yeah. really what happened my first white-tailed deer hunt. It ended up being my, my friend's aunt ended up shooting a 22-point buck the same day that I missed this huge buck. And I wrote it that way, and the editor told me I had to add somebody into the story. They, I couldn't bring someone else to be the hero, so I put Crystal in there. All the way through the story is getting ready to shoot that big buck. Yeah. So now she's a hero. So girls, Fantastic. they love that part. Then a girl's part of it. Love it. So all a fluke. Trust me, I don't plan many of these things out. No, I just read them as they come. <laughs> it's funny how it works out that way. Yes. It's just take, and, and here's the thing. You're taking real-life stories, making them readable for kids. Yes. And it just, it's just, yeah. Yeah, keeps so their interest because they go, oh well, it's real, yeah, and it's interesting and whatnot. So here, hey, be- yes, I told you what we were gonna do, <laughs> and we haven't done it yet because I'll forget about it by the end of the episode. So uh-huh. tell people where to find the books, where to find you, yes, everything. Go so ahead. So KevinLoveGreen.com, and we is, is the easiest way. KevinLoveGreen.com. I got a great website. It, it shows all the books. You can pull it up if you wanted to. But the other thing is, is uh, you use Smack Fifteen. And anybody listening today, they can get a 15% discount on on the on the whole order. So Perfect. You jump on there. I definitely have a website, author Kevin Lovegreen. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on, oh, I don't know, YouTube. I got a channel, all those different things. But the website's the the best spot to jump in to see all the books. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, yep. we'll put the we'll put that and all your info in the. You know, in the show notes and all that stuff, and so, we'll figure out whatever date you want to stop that fifteen percent. I'll leave it. We'll I'll leave it. No, leave it up. I'll leave, leave it up. up. Even for five years from now. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So <laughs> for all you people that are now in uh, twenty, what is that? Twenty twenty four. Listening to this, KevinLoveGreen.com. <laughs> smack fifteen. Get fifteen percent off. There you go. Love it. Leave it. That, buy a book just because of that. There, there we you go. go. Um, okay, and. I noticed on there, I was looking through, you know, looking through the books and whatnot. Yep. You also sell a diary or a journal I for do. the kids to fill out themselves. Yep. Yeah. We, you know, we I like that out. idea. Here's what we did. It's kind of cool, and I did not bring it, but one of the ideas we threw around this year was on one of our bookmarks. I always give bookmarks out, but we ended up having all eight of the chapter books now listed on a bookmark. Mm-hmm. And it says, if you read all eight, check them off. At the bottom, have your teacher, parent, and adult sign it. Send it back in to me, and I'll send you a, a journal. So we've been trying to get that rolling, and we sell the journals online, and we try to get the kids motivated enough to read them. I'll give a handful to the schools when I go in there. The goal is, again, let's read a book. Let's do some writing. Let's tie it all together. Right. So the journals are pretty cool. Yeah, get them to slow down, take their time. Yep. Think about life. Think about what happened. Then they fill that out as they're going along. They can relive their memories like you did. They can write their own books one day. Yes. One of the moms just sent me an email last week and said, I'm buying the book and I'm buying the journal because we're going out on our first turkey and we're taking him out and now he wants to start writing about it. Yes. Nice. Perfect. I mean, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. 
Um, let's see. What what have I not covered yet? <laughs> <laughs> let's see. We got that. We got that. We got that. We got that. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Thanks for the, thanks for showing yeah, up. No, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> and the cool thing, I'll, let's say, if we want to jump into the fly fishing book. Now, what I've never done, and we're trying to have some fun with the new fly fishing book, is we're trying to get fly fishing. I'm working with Orvis right now because my mm-hmm. cousin is tied in pretty well with Orvis. We're trying to get three or four bigger companies like that to see if they want to have fun and sponsor the books. Okay. And I've got some really cool sponsorship things where jump on board now before we get them printed, get them at a super cheap rate. And right away they all say, great. And then where would we sell them? I said, no, let's give them away. Go and in, go into the local towns out in Idaho and bring them to the schools, mm-hmm. drop five books off and let's get kids fired up about fly fishing. So if anybody's out there, hey, pimp they it, wanna, pimp it. I mean, if That's they want to team up, let's do it. And I know yep. there's so many people that are passionate about fly fishing. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to try to figure out who those people are and see if they want to team up. Maybe even have a logo in the back of the book where people can say, oh, and like Orvis, I thought they'd get a kick out of having that. And maybe they'd put a message back there to the kids and the families because they're really trying to get women back involved in fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Well, the book is all about mom, dad, Chris, and Luke going on their adventure and mom's a good fly fisherman, and she catches the biggest fish, you know, the 22-inch trout, and it's kind of fun to try to motivate, you know, the whole family to get out there and try it. Right. But if there's somebody, please contact me through the website. I would love it if we could put a bunch of books in kids' hands. Yeah. Hey, do it. I'm not going <laughs> to. Hey, if you want to keep talking about that, go ahead. I don't care if it, no, if it helps it's, it's get kids reading uh, outside. Yeah. We can do it. Um Speaking of, uh, you know, sayings, you know, come up, put a saying on the back of the book. Yes. One of your blog posts, um, how to make hunting fun for kids. Yeah. The main thing to keep reminding yourself is that the adventure is for the new hunter. Hunting, fishing, replaceable words, right? Yep. How do I want to put this? So many people forget when they take somebody new into the outdoors that it's not about them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those those words right there, it, it really struck home because a lot of times I'll take somebody, you know, fishing or hunting and I'm like, we got to do this. We got to catch this. Right. We got to, you know, do this, that and the other. And, and it's like, no, just focus on them. Let them do their thing. Teach them how. Have fun. Let them write that chapter in their journal. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. I like well, that. I will say that Lucky Luke himself <laughs> challenged me. He's, he loves hunting and fishing, but he loves being out there. When he, when, I, when he was 10, if 20 minutes went by and that turkey didn't gobble, okay, Dad, I'm ready to go back. And I'm like, right. whoa. So he is the one that caused me to say, wait a minute. And I tried so every trick in the book to just buy us 10 more minutes. And I tell the story. I took him down to Lanesboro, or now down to Houston. And we had a place down there we were renting, and this farm was awesome. And they had so I'm like, you know what? He had a day off of school. I'm gonna run down there, and we're gonna go out turkey hunting. I take him out to our best spot. It's morning, no gobbling, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is crazy. They're gonna come out any minute. Well, he's bored, and I thought to myself, okay, you know what? I bought him at least a half an hour. He wants to be done with this. You know, he wants to go mm-hmm. breakfast, whatever. We get up, we take two steps, and there's 15 turkeys standing right on the other side of the hill. Of course. And they all fly away. Hey, that happens every, to everybody of all <laughs> right. ages. It's like, yeah, well, the geese ain't flying anymore. Yeah, we're standing around. Oh, no, here they come. And nobody realized it till they're 200 yards away. Right. And we're busted. <laughs> Damn The it. funny part about that lesson, though, Luke really didn't care. He said, oh, that's okay. And I was like, no, we just didn't get the turkey. And I'm like, you know, so it did. It took me some time to realize it didn't really matter if we got the turkey or not. But he got up, 
he came out there in the dark with me. Right. And we did it. And so now, obviously, now he's 19, so we've done a lot more adventures together. But I've taken a lot of kids out turkey hunting. Uh, if you want to go on that, I've, I've brought a lot of dads and new kids out turkey hunting. Guys, do it. Take people out there. It's a great time to get kids involved in the outdoors. There's no age limit to the turkey uh, turkeys in, in uh, the licenses in Minnesota. And there's not really anything else going on when turkey hunting happens, right? And there's so many turkeys, it's ridiculous. And there's turkeys. Yeah. yeah. So and it's it, fun. It took me, just so you don't know, people don't get frustrated, <laughs> uh, it took me seven or eight years before I finally got a bird. Okay. Yeah. But did you must did you hear him? You got close and all that stuff. Well, it's kind of a funny story. So we're hunting and uh, nothing in the morning. And we're like, all right, so let's go to breakfast. Go to breakfast. And we come back out and we're like, all right, let's go set a blind up there, you know, on the other side of this yeah. field. I've told this story in the podcast before. <laughs> so get in the truck, you know, we'll get back to the property. We drive onto the property. So we're on the property <laughs> and we're driving and all of a sudden I'm looking around, you know, blah, 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 not paying attention. And all of a sudden my buddy just slams on the brakes <laughs> and he's like, birds. And I go, where? He goes, right in front of us. I look, I go, oh. Okay, so there they are. And he's like, where's your shotgun? I'm like, in the back of the truck. I'm like, okay. Hmm. So open the door, get out, get the, get the gun. Bird's still there. All right. Walk to the front of the truck. Boom, shot a bird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, eh, it's... I put in enough years <laughs> where go. I was like, I'll take an easy bird. Right. <laughs> I'll take an easy bird. That doesn't so, happen very often. No, no, no. The sure. second, the, my second bird last year, um, it was more of the you know we were actually like you know hunting in a blind calling birds yep. all over the place come down shoot it but yeah i was like yeah first bird wasn't really exciting but i put it enough years where i'll take that first bird easy that's fine yeah yeah so oh, i've had some fun ones i took a, a my buddy's son out with me uh two years ago and as we're walking out, we see a tom up in a tree, and it's kind of a clear-cut area, so we see him from about 150 yards away, silhouette. And I'm like, well, we can't walk any further. Let's just sit here, and I have a big fan decoy tom. And I put it right where I think he could see it when the sun starts coming up. And as we're talking, he starts gobbling, and I'm showing him through the binoculars. So you could see him gobbling the whole thing, and I'm talking to him going, it's going to come hopefully right by here. You'll have about a five-yard shot. This is going to be great. And all of a sudden, I look up, and it's just getting to that point, and he's gone. And I said, well, get down. I don't know what just happened. I'm still standing there on the side of the road. All of a sudden, I hear this. And I'm like, what is... The bird comes running past us, full blast, <laughs> runs up to my decoy, and he's standing there. And he's leaning out. I'm like, shoot him. Shoot him. He goes, shoot what? He never saw it. Oh, he heard it, but he didn't see it. I'm like, it's right there, five steps away from yeah. us. And this bird's trying to beat up my decoy. Yeah. And now he hears me and like looking around, well, finally... He's aiming. Nothing's happening. Finally, he shoots it. He had a safety on the whole thing. He said, I, oh, pulled, really? I was pulling the trigger so hard, I was going to break it. <laughs> so that was my fastest oh, hunt funny. ever. He literally, yeah. we had that bird. It was about a nine-second hunt. It was oh, pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, we, uh, last year, I got mine on Saturday, and then Sunday, we went out for my buddy. He still had his tag. And 6-11, we were done. Yeah, see, it can We happen. set up, and we noticed some birds behind us in the other field. We are in a you know, tree row. Yeah. They disappear. More birds come out down from us. And he was just starting to pick up, just starting to twitch to move to shoot one of those. Yeah. And I happened to look to my left and I'm like, oh, that's where those birds went. Right, <laughs> right behind there. us, about to come through. And I go, you're about to kill a bird in under 60 seconds. <laughs> and he goes, I was just starting to like, just twitch my shoulder to move to kill one of those until you said that. They popped out. Boom. 
11 steps. Yeah. The wad. That was so close. He's using Longbeard XR or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, you know, 65-yard stuff. The wad was still in his neck when he cleaned it. That was that close. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. And it was 6-11 we were done hunting. It can be that easy. Yeah. And we're like, uh, all right, what do you want to do now? Let's go get some breakfast. And we're sitting there at breakfast, and we're just kind of like, this is weird. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> what do we do from here? <laughs> I think we had a – I think the Vikings played that day, so. There you go. Or no, no, that was in spring. Who played? I can't remember. But, yeah, it was just a weird feeling because it's like we're tagged out. Yep. Nothing's going on, and he's and I goose and uh, I waterfall hunt with him. Yep. So typically, you know, we don't limit out in the morning. Right. We're going back out in the afternoon. This is nope. We're done and <laughs> got nothing going. All right. Well, see you later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Deer hunting. Yeah. How did what kind of deer hunting stories you got? Well. I got a bunch of them. I mean, the most fun for me is one I love, that's not in the book because yeah. you got to read the book. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, I, but I archery hunt and I, I love now, Are you a bow hunting. hunter or yeah. are you a rifle hunter? Well, both. I'll do yeah, both. but which one? Well, I do way more archery because okay. here's, here's why I'm getting to that. I love archery. I, I do it a lot. And then rifle season comes and I take my gun out with me, but my daughter and I hunt together. So oh. when she comes up, that's what she loves doing is rifle hunt. She's 21 now. We go sit in a stand together, and we've been doing it and doing it, and I love it when she can get a deer. She's only gotten two bucks. And this year, she finally it took us about five years for her to get her next big buck. Mm-hmm. And we were just about to the point where we are going to settle because I've made her pass. We do some quality deer management stuff. Okay. I got video of, you know, pretty decent eight-pointers walking by that she scolded me for. Yeah. And I said, but next year it'll be, you know, it'll be better. Oh, no. I know. Here we go. <laughs> we need so, another one more year and we'll take him. I know. But he's already at 130. No, no, no. That, well, that's the thing. And she agreed that the ones we've passed on, they were little ones and it was okay. But finally this year, the second weekend, we ended up having a beautiful nine-pointer step out, and she got a great gear this year. So Nice. I've got plenty of stories, but, I, yeah, I really, it's it's a blast being in. If nobody's going out with their daughter hunting, take your daughter out hunting. Yes. It's so much fun. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, it's it's nice to see some of the, I guess, the barriers come down for women. Yes. Things as simple as clothes mm-hmm. that are actually made for women. Sure bows and guns and everything made for women and <laughs> they're like oh well it's actually made for me i can be comfortable i can shoot sure. comfortable so i'll i'll go and it's you know so well, i'll put a I'll put a plug in for i got a heater bodysuit and my daughter zip she's oh, inside yeah. that thing and i'll sit there freezing as long as she's warm everything's good i, I like <laughs> see for me I, I don't mind being cold because it keeps me awake, yeah. Especially when I'm, you know, fifteen to twenty feet up in the tree. Sure, yep. I'd, I'd much rather be awake than falling asleep. She doesn't like being cold, though. So I, I, well, I don't do like being. I, do. I don't <laughs> like being cold, but it keeps me awake, so I don't fall out of the tree, and I'm, I'm right. kind of, you know, paying attention. The only problem is trying to pull back a seventy pound bow when you're cold. So yeah, it's like get, you know, I get up every once in a while and make sure nothing's around, and then it's like, all right, can I still draw back? All right, yeah. cool. You know, kind of move around, keep warm, and everything. Yeah, that late season stuff is tough too when it gets cold. <sighs> I've, the past couple of years, I've just been like, meh, I'm good. Yeah. I'll just rifle hunt and have the blind and my yeah, big that, buddy heater. And that works too. Something man. walks by. <laughs> yeah, I'll shoot it then. Sure, that works. Otherwise, you know, it is what it is. Yep. Um, when you first started writing the books, did you think that it would really go this far and you'd reach that many people? No. No. I Well, again, when I wrote the first one, it's still kind of a funny thing. I, I still, when people say, oh, you're an author. 
Yeah, maybe I'm kind of getting around to realizing. I guess you could call me that after now. I'm gonna. Are you an up. author or are you a storyteller? And that's exactly what I tell the kids. I say, you guys. I think that's the I deepest is, question I've ever asked on this podcast. I'm a storyteller. All I do is write the story, and thank goodness for editors because <laughs> they make my writing way better. Trust me. Oh. No, but that's it. I tell a story, and that's why people ask how long it takes to write the book. The the hardest book for me to write was where is it? Moose Mania. Moose Mania. You know why? It was. I think eight days in a two-man tent in the middle of Alaska, and we only had encounters of animals two days. We only saw two moose the whole time, oh, and a it. couple bear, but the moose weren't showing up. So I had to make up, it's 138 pages long, because I made up all these fun things that kind of happened. So I, I, this is really fiction, but that was really tough for me. If I have a great adventure and all kinds of things happen, like fish and frenzy, mm-hmm. I took 20 years of us going up to Canada fishing. I took all the funny things that happened to us, the crazy things, moose rolling over the car on the way in, uh, my uncle dropping a motor in the, in the, in the lake, <laughs> bears showing up to the tent. All those things really happened over all the span. I, I could just fly through that book because it all happened. Right. And I love describing it and making it fun, but if i got to make up stuff, it gets more challenging for me. I can't even write a bio for myself. <laughs> I mean, the Minnesota Fish, you know, uh, the Hall of Fame tomorrow night, they're like, yeah, you know, send us a picture and, and a bio. And I'm like, uh, I can't write about myself. Without trying, you know, without you. without sitting back and reading it and go, wow, I sound pompous. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, I like to hunt and fish and stuff and teach people things and yeah, there. And I told her, I go, if you want to mess around with it a little bit, go ahead, you can be my editor. <laughs> I'm with you. Bios are tricky, but telling somebody about that that story of the turkey, you could rattle that off, oh, no yeah. problem at all, right? Yeah. That's that's what's easy about, it. yeah, because yeah. that's fact. Yeah. Bios are. Yeah, you're semi-fact, mostly fiction. Yep, yep. You're making some stuff up just so right. it looks right, sounds good. Yep. You know, razzle dazzle, and it's like no, like I don't even like doing resumes. There you go. I'm yep. horrible at a resume. It's like okay, <laughs> once I get past the facts of okay, I worked here for this long, <laughs> and this and this, like describe yourself. Mm, no. Just hire me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just, hire, just me. hire me. I don't know. I do stuff. Couldn't tell you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so how many books you got planned? Or do you just I are you just gonna keep don't. writing until I'm gonna ride this wave out and just see what happens. I've got kids that have just well, it's it's getting challenging. I had way more people beg me for an ice fishing book this year. And I'm I'm not an yeah, ice fisherman. I've got a hand I've never caught a walleye through the ice yet. Wait, what? Yes. I've caught perch and I've caught some sunnies and I got a couple crappies. I've never caught a walleye yet through the ice. So I don't ice fish that much at all. And they're like, Are you kidding me? So the kids constantly this year, I bet you twenty kids. Yeah. Come on, ice fishing. Well, so I might have to go on a nice fishing adventure, like a real good overnight right. or something. Here's a shout-out. Call uh, uh, <laughs> call to action. All my guides, all my fishing buddies, anybody who wants to take this guy on an ice fishing trip next year for walleyes, let's say Lake of the Woods. There you go. There's plenty of fish up there or, or Mille Lacs or somewhere. Yeah. Get him out there so he can write another book. I'd love it. Because we don't I, want another moose mania where he's got to make up a bunch of stuff. Right. And then yeah. the funny thing is, now I, I had a teacher even. She's like, oh, I'll give you all the details. We ice fish all the time. I said, that's not my deal, though. I said, it's got to be my story. Right. People love telling me about, hey, add this in your book. Well, that's not what happened to me, so I yeah. don't typically do it. But, yeah. So, and then a uh, duck hunting book I really want to do. I've done a lot of duck hunting. And I've got some really fun stories that I think I'll be able to tie together. We had a really great opportunity. My dad and buddies owned a place, and we still have it, on Leech Lake. So I grew up duck hunting, sitting there with our own docks in our harbor, mm-hmm. walk out in the morning, hop in our boat, and drive out by the North Star and go to the Circle of Bog, throw our decoys out, freezing cold picking the decoys up, but we didn't walk anywhere. 
We sat in the boat the whole way, had great duck hunting. That's my type of duck hunting. I don't have to get wet. <laughs> right. Now, my buddy, he's in Detroit Lakes. We yep. walk We walk out 45 minutes. We stand on the side of a bog. And we pass shoot ducks. Yep. So I've done all these different things, and I'd love to make – I'm going to do this, and I'm going to write a story about both the adventures, you know, getting up in the morning, doing that duck hunting thing in the boat. But then one day we go off and we do the bog and tie them both together because right. I would love to get a duck hunting story going for sure. Hmm. What other, then, what other stories do you want to do? Uh, people have really been begging for a grouse hunting, pheasant hunting, and I've got great stories of those. I, it's just, and so i got to get to them. Yeah, so grouse, pheasant. I did the bear. Last year, everybody begged me for the bear, so I came out with big bear feet, which has been a really funny one. That was a, that was a really fun one to write. We've had some fun bear encounters. Um, and then after that, i got to, I don't know. And then I, well, uh, I've got a million other turkey ideas. I could write so many funny turkey stories, again, about another turkey book. Right. Because so many things happen when you're turkey hunting. But you don't want to get caught in a turkey 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 right 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 yeah, yeah. yep yeah it's like yeah. my podcast i don't want to just be fishing 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 here's a hunting fishing it's like hey i got a guy that writes books about it let's go yes <laughs> yeah what so like the ice fishing what other experiences do you want to write about that you haven't done that's a great one i'd really love to go on a caribou hunt i got a buddy that we do most of our hunting together and he doesn't want to go on a caribou hunt, so we've never done it. He doesn't want to? Uh, his dad and buddy. Or he just can't afford it his, like me. <laughs> no, his dad and brother did it back in the day when it was a $1,200 hunt, yeah. and they said it was easy. So they ruined it for him. They said, oh, we went out. There's 100 of them out there. We shot ours. It was, we were done the day, like you said, the kind of the turkey deal. And then they fished the rest of the time. So he said, well, why do we want to do that? So that's on the bucket list. So one day I would like to do it, but I've heard the prices just keep going up and up and up. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. And then in, I don't know, but I've, I've had a number of people wonder why I don't go do an Africa hunt. And it's a weird, I think I know I didn't, I have a number of people that have done it. They promised me I'll never, I'll, I'll wish that I did it sooner. Mm-hmm. But again, a lot of money. But then my other dilemma too is I'm going to want to bring them all back and mount them. And then where do you put them all? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that, and if, I mean, do you, not that most hunters would have a problem with it, but do you want to do kids books on it? On African hunts? I don't eh. know. That's the, it's strange. It is a hard yeah, one. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I mean, it's legal and it's good and it's all that stuff. I mean, right. I had a hard enough time. I was wondering how people were going to take the bear hunting because hunt, yeah. we're, we're baiting for bear. Yep. And there's states that don't allow that. I've had nobody complain. Right. I, I try to do it very respectfully and explain that it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. So I made us work pretty hard for the bear. But at the end of the day, you just... I still say if I keep writing what really happened, it's all legal, it's all good, it's all whatever really happened, right. then hopefully not too many people are going to complain about it. Have you had any backlash from any of them? No. I, and in the schools, people ask me all the time, boy, do they do they worry about the gun thing in schools? I've had one school that really did not bring me in because they are afraid their kindergarten class might get offended with gun stuff. I said, I said, challenge out. Please, let me try to come in. I'll prove to you that it... The guns never is an issue. Mm-hmm. Kids love asking about it. And the number, the trickiest question is, how many guns do you have? And I say, enough to get the job done. <laughs> That's my answer. And then we move on. It's like, you know, it's never been a big deal. Enough to get it done and none of your business. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all yeah. good. So did you did you end up doing something at that school or did no, they say no? No, they, never have. They nope. didn't let you do it? Yep. And, no. that, and that's fine. It's, again, I, yeah. I've there's got, plenty others that are there's so many more than willing. There. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's fun. Once I go in, they realize that you know it's not about. And I even when I tell the stories and I explain to the kids about that, it's so much not about getting the animal. I thought that's what it was going to be when I was going to write the story. Like, oh, I can't wait to tell you about the big elk I shot. No way. It was way more about how I got the elk mm-hmm. and hanging with my my friends and and using his dad and Luke going out there together and that that bonding thing. Being able to explain that in the story has been way more fun for me than just getting the animal. Right. Well, hunting. 
actually shooting the animal is two seconds of it. Right. Whether you're bow hunting or gun hunting, it's click and it's over. Right. Right. I mean, me and my dad growing up, you know, or growing up with my dad going duck hunting and goose hunting. Yeah, it was okay. The geese flew over, he shot them. Ducks flew over, he shot them. But it was everything else. It was getting up at four. It was driving out to the farm. It was getting in the canoe, going to the point, setting the decoys, Mm -hmm. sitting there watching the northern lights. Yeah. Hearing the geese fly literally like 10 feet over ahead, a giant flock, and it sounds like a freight train. And then he shot one because it was one one goose and three ducks. I know. That it was – I mean it was crazy. It, 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 <laughs> he brought six uh, geese decoys and three duck – or six duck decoys. That's all he brought. Yeah. Threw them out. We were always done half hour at most. It was stupid. Yeah. But then, you know, going out in the canoe to go get them, bring them back, packing up. And then we'd go into the woods that were connected – Go chase squirrels around. Yeah. You know, and then going back home, stopping at the Happy Chef for breakfast. You know, it's that whole story. So, yeah, shooting, it's only that much of it. Yep. It is the stories. It is the camaraderie of the hunt and everything. That's what we really, as hunters and fishermen, outdoorsmen, we need to get across to the people that are kind of on that fence. Yes. It's not just about the killing and the catching and the eating. It's so much more. It is so it's, much more. I, I went to a school in Bloomington, and I, I was talking about the when you're in town, I'll call that, and I'll say Bloomington's in town. Oh, it is. I had yeah. a third grader look at me, and she walks right in. Is hunting even legal? I'm like, oh, oh dear. I said, yes, it's legal. I said, and, and 300,000 people are in the woods hunting in a, in a given year. What? <laughs> why would you do that? I'm like, oh, and I said, why do I do it? Because I love eating the meat. My kids love venison meat, and I feel I feel bad that they don't couldn't even imagine that hunting wasn't legal. I mean, it's hard. But that's what the DNR is dealing with right now. It's right. tough. It is tough to keep those kids going because there's a lot of that mentality. Mm-hmm. They don't even have any idea. Yeah. Well, it starts with their parents. What yes. did their parents do? Yep. You know, and when, right. what did their parents do? And it's we're losing numbers every yes. single year. Yep. Fishing and hunting, hiking, anything. Yes. So things like this, these books, I like it. Get them fired up. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fine. And then the shed hunting thing's been a hoot. When I was up in the what? You got a shed area. hunting book too? No, but I tell oh. the kids about shed hunting. Yeah. And I had these these fifth graders so fired up about shed hunting, and it was 35 below when I was up there. They actually canceled one of my days. I'm like, there was that oh. week of Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, we're going to go home and go. I said, guys, ask your mom and dad. It goes, 35 below. You might want to wait till it warms up a little bit. But I didn't. I, I think I can't tell you how excited the kids have gotten thinking they could go out there and try to find a deer antler. Yeah. I mean, that's cool, too. Did any of them ask you what kind of ammo you use? No. <laughs> No, you never got that. Do you detail. hunt them with a rifle or a bow? Well, that <laughs> they ask a lot. They always ask, "What do I like hunting the yeah. most?" And all no, that. the and sheds. I was trying to. Be, oh, I was trying to be oh, funny. Got it. Want, want that okay, got mm, it. Right. Sorry, right over my head. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I've never been shed hunting. Haven't you? No. Yeah, I did. I just, for me, I mean, I know some people make tons of money on it. And if I if I had property, I would, because you use that as a tool to learn yes. the deer patterns and That's stuff. That's what like, I was gonna tell you. It's yeah. like me. I'm not just gonna go roam around the woods and it's, look for antlers. It's the coolest thing, and it's taken me in pockets that I would have never dreamed of walking in our property. But the neat thing is, is you follow the runways that are mm-hmm. beat down, right? And you say, "What? 
now I understand that deer stands right over there and 150 yards away from it, all the runways are over here. You right. know, the, the deer pattern you, you know, a lot of times. Oh, yeah. But oh. it's so much fun to go walk. And again, all the shed hunting I've done, I've only found a couple small ones. I got one nice set of a nine-point rack, but I found it when I was stuck on the four-wheeler. I looked down on there, it was laying there. So oh, really? I can't say I actually hunted for it. <laughs> but yeah. I, I do enjoy this time of year when the, I love it when the snow's about, you know, three, four inches, it's still frozen, then you can walk all through the swamps and whatever. Oh, like like today yeah, three well, four inches again yeah. <laughs> yeah just so anybody's wondering yeah, yeah. Uh, look up uh, uh april 11th 2019 and see what the weather was like crazy <sighs> crazy but i'm just you know my boat it's i just got you know picked that thing up and i'm like i want to get out of my boat yeah. i want to get out of my boat i can't because yeah this and we had what was i think three years ago turkey hunting an opener, I brought up some guys, and it was two below zero, and we had a foot of snow on the ground. And well, somebody brought that up. But the next week, it was 80, and mm-hmm. all the snow was gone. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it changed that quick. But well, Last year, on the 14th, which was Saturday, we flew out to Florida to go to Disney World with our folks. Okay. Um, that's when we had that snow last year, oh, okay. that foot. Yep, yep. And we were supposed to leave at, like, 730, take off oh. at 730. We ended up delayed, like, an hour and a half. They de-iced the plane three times. We're like, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know if this is going to happen. They de-iced it for the third time, and he, he told us, he goes, hey, we're de-icing, and we are going. So it was like Perfect. once they – I think he was already like on the runway, <laughs> pointed down the right way. Right. So when they de-iced it, he hit the gas, and we took off. Yeah. Get a foot of snow or whatever it was here, 15 inches. We get back a week later, and I'm like – What's snow? What, what what's the big deal? <laughs> like there was less snow than <laughs> than when we left. I'm like, all right, I don't know what the big deal was, but yeah. and then I looked on Facebook, and in 2013 today, it was snowing with like lightning and stuff, which was oh, happening today. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, but yeah, everybody's like, oh my god, Minnesota weather. Right. It's tricky. Yeah. You never know what you're gonna get. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and then there's you know the delayed ice outs and all that stuff because of it sometimes. Right. Right. Yeah. No, when it comes to, you know, like fishing and stuff, if it's lightning and thunderstorms, I just stay home. I'm with you. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to die. (laughs) (laughs) They're just fish. They ain't going nowhere. That's for sure. It'll be another day. (laughs) But it's funny. Deer hunting, I will wait until the very last second. I'm like, all right, looking on my, you know, radar, like, all right, is it coming yet? And it's coming. All right, how close is it? Zooming way in just to see how many blocks away it is before it, like, starts getting really bad. I'm like, eh, just in case he shows up right now. Right. Yeah. Then he's got to make. If, if you got an enclosed stand, you can just sit out there. In the oh, yeah, yeah. Well, of course. I don't, I just, yeah, I don't really do that much anymore. Just during the uh, rifle season. And by then, it, you're just dealing with snow and, right. you know, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Let's see. What other questions I got for you? What other things here? I think I've I think I've run out of all my questions. I believe. Oh, these presentations. Is that just when you were like going to the schools and doing the whole reading? Yeah, or well, I'm not reading not anymore. Yeah, so telling I'm, them, you know, ex, excerpts or whatever. Yeah, well, I'm I'm calling again. It's the um, I think the I can't remember. I come up with the name like the reading frenzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. There's a couple different scenarios now. The neat thing I do also, so going in there and firing the kids up and talking about how to get the book published, what the stories are all about. Another twist, when I went out to Montana, a school had me for the whole day. They said, you're coming out, we're going to get you for the whole day. 
So what I ended up doing is doing the presentations in the morning, and then I went into the third and fourth grade classes, and we talked about how to be descriptive in writing. And I was nervous. Trust me. I'm not a teacher. I don't know how to explain so how to so, write, right? So now you're trying to teach them how to write. Right. So here's the deal. I, my wife's a principal. She's been a teacher. I said, help me, honey. What am I going to do? She goes, you're great at descriptive. Just walk in there and tell them we're going to talk about being descriptive. So each kid had written a one to two page narrative story about something they have going. We had so much fun explaining when they'd say, oh, my cousin. And then we'd stop and say, no, how about what color hair did your cousin have? Was your cousin nice? Was your, and all of a sudden they're like, the light bulb started going off. I'm telling you what, we had so much fun. So that's kind of called the ult, ultimate author experience. And working with the kids, it is a blast. So that is a, that's the next level. And again, did I see that coming? No. Right, but what right. I realize again, I do just, I describe things pretty darn good. So when now people read something to me, I pick up on it and say, yeah, oh, wait a minute, you just blew right through that. Can we talk about that some more? And so we had a blast with the kids. Has your editing time gone down? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now that you actually yeah. know how yeah. to descriptively write things? It's true. It's still, the editing yeah. is neat. What it does is I still write too much. So they, she's magical at just cutting down the paragraph to mm-hmm. very pinpointed and keeping the description, and that's the magic art of an, a really good editor is making sure that it's concise. Or right? every book could be, you know, 500 pages and no kid <laughs> wants to read that. <laughs> no kid wants to or can. Right. By the time they're done reading it and they're now in the fifth grade and they start in the second. Yeah. It's like, God, am I ever going to finish this book? Yeah. I know. Reading. You get a little bit better. as The more you do, that's yeah. for sure. How You don't have to give me a dollar amount, but how expensive is it to get a book, like, published and whatnot? Thirty-five hundred bucks. Thirty-five hundred. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the average. That's by the time you pay. No, well, it's it's not. And I and I try to work with. The key is is getting them printed. So mm-hmm. I now do about a thousand at a time, and I work with new authors and they come to me and then, and I'm really I try to help them because the number game is tricky because there's not much margin here. You know, when you yeah. go to sell it, so. I try to explain to them that if you're not going to get more than a couple hundred printed, your printing cost goes up, and that really crushes your whole profit side of it. So it ends up being about $3,500. bucks. you have got to sell quite a few books just to break even to right. make that work. Hmm. And then you don't want to get me going on that whole game of uh, people always wondering why I'm not in Barnes & Noble. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, because you got to probably – let me guess. you got to pay for space on the shelves, and you got to pay the middleman, and – you got to pay somebody else, I'm guessing. Some middleman's middleman and everything else. It's my, Is that why I'm paying $14.99 for a Star Wars book when it should only be like 8 bucks? Well, the crazy part is what gets me is when I walk into the table and I'll see one for $5.99. I wonder, how did they do that? Who's giving this book away? Right. But no, at the end of the day, it's tricky because the, the wholesalers charge about 55%. Oh to have it God. just sitting there. So my first book, because I only I got a thousand my first book, but it was a picture book, so it was expensive. My cost. Yep. I was losing money in every book I sold in Barnes and Noble, and I asked the gal who was working with, and she's like, "Well, that's just kind of what Barnes and Noble. That's how you do it. But then you'll go sell them on your own, and it'll work out." I said, "But why would I be in Barnes and Noble then?" Right. I got my little business mind going for a minute. And I said, "Pull me out." Yeah. If I'm not making money silly. in Barnes and Noble, what? Why? why? Why am I paying them to be in there? That didn't make any sense. So I try to help new authors understand the number side of it it's tricky so amazon does work also but they charge you some money but you can you can raise your prices on amazon and yeah. it works out but yeah that's kind of funny because literally you go to you know a new book will come out at barnes and noble like i read i'm a star wars fan got it i read the books yep whatever so cool. i'll see the new book come out not that i'm anywhere near that many books deep sure but yeah it's like five bucks but then two weeks later it's ten bucks, and I'm like, well, wh- why? All the game. Like, yeah. 
they got to be losing money. Everybody's going to be buying it to at five bucks, and nobody's going to buy it at ten bucks. Right. I don't now understand. your Star Wars book again. They probably printed a hundred thousand. Oh, I'm sure. So yeah. So they probably got them done yeah. for twenty five cents a piece, or sixty cents, or a dollar, whatever it yeah. is. But that's the difference. So the volume is a is a huge part to getting the the book price down, and then mm-hmm. you can afford to sell them at different places. Yeah. But if you're not making any money. Yeah. No. Why have them in a store? Right. Yeah. So yeah. sell them and go to schools, do whatever you got to do, give them to your friends. I mean, again, don't don't sell them and lose money. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. And with, you know, the internet these days and all that stuff, you can go to your website, yes. buy the book. And that's why, uh, was that B. Dalton? The, the was, B. Dalton bookstore? Was that? They, you know, they have they're, they're gone. No, they're gone. That's what I'm saying. Right. They're, they're gone now. So right. no wonder how long Barnes & Noble has until... Uh, it's hard to know, yeah. they got to adapt somehow, but people yeah. still do like holding on to the books. I do, hard yeah. To be, hard to be an Amazon, though. Yeah. Well, my wife's a Nook person. She's yep. got her Nook. Sure. You know, she's sitting there with the... You know, we're laying in bed. I'm reading my actual book. She's yep. got her Nook with the light, and I'm like, that. Get turn the other way. That thing's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, t- I'll say another one. If there's anybody out there, I had the sweetest... I'm going to a school, and I had, I think it was a fourth grader, emailed me from the website and said, I'm blind. Do you have any books in Braille? Oh. Totally caught me off guard. I'm like, wow, I've never even thought of that. So I said, thank you for bringing that up. No, I don't, but I would love to learn how to do that. I mean, there's so many options out there. I would love to go read the books also so so people that are blind could actually hear them. Yeah, audiobooks. Yeah, so do some audiobooks. But if anybody knows how to do Braille... I would happily try to figure that stuff out. It's it's something I never even thought about. Yeah, might be a little more than like sixty pages. I think. No maybe, idea. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I have I no idea know. how it works. Hmm. But well, you got you got publishing people, don't they know? I don't, I don't know. No, nobody <laughs> nobody that I've talked to has ever really dealt with that. I'm like, oh, so really? Gotta, there's got to be a you know, there's going to be a niche somewhere that's going to say, oh, we do this. Yeah. Well, yeah. If anybody knows how to get a book done in Braille. Yeah. Email me, please. Yeah. Kevin at kevinlovegreen.com. Perfect. Shoot me an email. Or audiobooks. Yeah, audiobooks that I got. Well, you could, you well, audiobook really wouldn't be that hard. You could do it on your website. Yes, could do yeah. it. Yeah, I could show you the program I'm using. Yep. Perfect. Could do it and read them. And I got, I got a buddy who does some commercials just today. As a matter of fact, he was kidding me that, hey, I'll do them. And he gave me a little demo of his voice. And he was, oh. <laughs> Lucky Luke was sneaking behind the tree. And it was really funny. <laughs> so he yeah. could... Uh, yeah, it'd be fun to get that done also. Any again, it's all back to getting the story into the kids one way or another. I don't right. care how it works. Let's get them fired up about the outdoors. And if that works, awesome. Yeah, get them fired up. Get them out there. Yes. And if it's something as simple as a you know, little book, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, you don't have to take them out, you know, lead core trolling for walleyes. Right. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I know. mean, take yep. them bobber fishing for sunnies. Yep. You know, get them a book. Absolutely. Anything like that. So, all right. Well, you talk so fast <laughs> and so much information so quick. I'm like, what? What in the world? Uh, I don't really know. Let's see. Anything else you want to talk about? Elk hunting. I don't know. Do you, do you elk Teach hunt? Me? No, I haven't. All right. Oh my goodness! Elk hunting is one me, of those things that. Give me a good elk story. Oh, well, the muddy elk is still one of the greatest things that ever happened, but... Oh, he's going to do this to me. He's going to be like, so this yeah. happened, in, but you got to read the book. <laughs> so I'll tell you what happened, and it's not in the book, but I tell the kids this all the time, but there's so many cool things. Number one, they ask me over and over again, they force me, so I finally tell them, what is my most favorite thing to hunt? It's got to be elk, just because they're so big, they're so magical when they're bugling, and I love archery hunting with them, and you got to get close, and mm-hmm. I've had bunch of experience where I've had an elk within 10 steps away and you can't get a shot and then they run away and 
Anyway, it's super exciting if you've never done it. And not to mention, you're in the most beautiful part of the world, Montana. We go to Colorado usually, and it's fantastic. But one morning I got up and I went up and I was going to call them. I showed them the call that I use, and I said, you guys, here's the deal. It was my birthday. And I wanted to go out there, and I wanted to get an elk on my birthday, so I climbed up the mountain. I did one bugle, and instantly a bull comes running down the mountain. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Right? It is my birthday. <laughs> right. So I get down on my knees, and I'm waiting, and he comes flying into the little opening. And I quickly realized, no way is he stopping. So I quickly hit the deck, got on my side, and he walked right over my legs and stood there looking for the bull that was supposed to be bugling. Right? They know right where that sound came from. And this bull is looking around, and I'm looking up, and I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. The wind, wind, of course, was blowing right at him now. He turns around, realizes that he's standing on top of somebody, kicks dirt all over him, and ran away. Those things happen to me. I, I, I still. He was standing on top of you. Well, he stepped over and he was standing. Basically, two feet I mean, yeah, 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 whatever. He went way. right over. I made my cousin come back up, take a picture of, of the hoof tracks on each side of my oh feet. Oh my god! I did not get an elk on my birthday, but that still to this day goes down there as one of the coolest things ever. I would take that. I'd take that. Yeah. I mean, that's. Awesome. I'd, I'd take that all day long. Yeah. I had a deer hunt once where we're. Edge of a cornfield, me and my buddy, we just sat in the tall grass. Yeah. I took a turkey decoy uh-huh. and I put it out there about 20 yards or whatever it was. And the deer, they came from the corner, always came from that corner, and they worked their way this way. Yeah. Well, next thing you know, here they are down in the corner, filtering their way out into this cut cornfield. And the two little fawns or whatever, you know, yearlings, they come up and they stop and they look and they're looking at the turkey decoy. Next thing, mom comes up in between them, and she stops. She looks at it, starts blowing at it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, this is going to be interesting. Next thing, she runs. She runs down and around it to my right. And the only spot that I could not shoot her, she <laughs> stopped in because there was a down tree to our right. Uh. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, oh, God, Really? really and she's blowing and she's stomping she's pissed at this decoy next thing you know all of a sudden she takes off and i've come to a full draw and she stops i mean dead in be- you know the decoy is right in between me and her and i go to my buddy i go how far he goes 40 as i'm flinching to pull my bow up just enough to get that 40 pin she takes off i'm like oh my God, really but it was so cool she was there for probably 2 minutes in that one spot where i couldn't get her of course i, w- I was searching and searching for a spot in them branches to yep. to fling that arrow cuz she was only like 20 yards maybe so it was going to be a pretty flat shot yeah eh, i'm a pretty decent shot i can get through stuff mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And she tooks off, she takes off, and me and my buddy, we look at each other like, oh, my God, that was exciting, yeah. you know? And he was skeptical on the whole turkey thing. I go, yeah, but... Yeah, what was late- the point? You, the idea was just to get him curious? Well, I had kind of... I've, I've heard about guys they own... Some guys I've heard of only use turkey decoys huh. for confidence because uh, they mingle all the time. Sure. Or for competition in food food sources. Oh, okay. Deer comes down, gets pissed off at the decoy like she did. She just didn't get quite close enough right. to seal the deal. Interesting. Yeah. It's a strategy I've never heard of. I try, I've never tried it again. I, should, I probably <laughs> should get that thing back out there. But, yeah, it was it was neat. And I just, he's, he was very like, why are we doing this? I'm like, I heard about it. Let's why? try it. Give, Give it, it a, a shot. Sh- what else are we going to do? We haven't killed anything yet anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. There, you can use that in one of your stories. There you go. Yeah. Go ahead. Use yeah. it in one of your stories. Just give me a copy of that book when you make it someday. <laughs> Archery, there's, yeah, there's always funny thing. Well, in the 
Well, if it was rifle season, it would have been over. You know, but yeah, of course it had to be bow season. Right, that's the key. Yeah. No, I thought you were gonna say. So I've got uh, oh, which one? A monster mule deer. This is Alberta, and we're you know crawling our our hands and knees stalking mule deer. Well, in the evening we'll go sit along fence rows and just see what's gonna come out. And really, we didn't we weren't stalking. Well, I had it where sure enough, all these whitetail. I kept hearing them jump over a fence, so I kind of hid down in the grass because I didn't know where else to sit. Same thing you were doing, and all of a sudden, look up. There's literally ten white-tailed doves eating within like five feet of me. I'm oh. like, oh, you got to be kidding me! Well, now yeah. I didn't want them to get excited and run away because right. I thought I'd blow the whole evening. So I just laid in that grass for hours while they just mingled their way out. And then when I finally stood up at the end of the night, you should have seen the looks on their faces because they were still out there eating. They're like, yeah. wait a second, there's a person there. <laughs> I did not see any mule deer that night, but I saw a lot of whitetails. Yeah, eating. well, I kind of had the opposite thing happen where we go hunting. I get up in the tree in the morning, pitch black, whatever. Don't see a thing. Don't hear a thing. Buddy comes over, lunchtime. We're standing there. We're talking five minutes. I'm still up in the tree. He's down there, you know, about whatever. Nice day out. We're just yapping. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, you want to go to lunch? He's like, yeah, let's go get some lunch. Get my bag, get my bow and all that stuff. Lower my bow down to him, throw my bags over my shoulders. To put one foot on the, on the, the ladder and all of a sudden, out of this brush, five feet behind oh. my stand, a doe goes screaming out of it. I'm like, did she just run out of that thing? He goes, yeah. Didn't you know it was there? I go, no. <laughs> and I've actually, and I like was looking in that direction at times. You know, I peeked my head right. around the corner of the tree. I'm like, I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. Has she literally been there the entire time? Probably. That I've been in this stand. Crazy. And she was fine, him walking up. Right. Me messing around, us talking. It was like she knew one foot on the stand. Okay, I got to go now. Yeah. That was That's just, crazy. Yeah. So it's like the opposite. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. You've been there this entire time? <laughs> right. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Now, have you ever been out mule deer hunting? No. Because that's another one. It's a blast. No. This oh, year, man. this year I'm bear hunting. Next okay. year is either going to be uh, antelope or muley. I'm not sure. And where are you going to go bear hunting? Minnesota. Okay. Up north. So. About uh, 45 minutes north of Detroit Lakes. All right. I got a buddy who's, he's a guide. He's doing all that stuff. Cool. So I don't have to do any baiting or anything. I'm kind of taking the lazy man's way out of it. It's all good. Just going to pay him and get it over with. All good. But well, it's fun. But he's, fun. he's got big bear. Does he? Cool. Yes. But as long as it's not a little guy, yeah. I'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. Bear meat is great. I, I thoroughly, nobody, not many people understand that, but I really enjoy eating bear meat. It's. I've never tried it. Good. So we'll see. Yep. And then you can make it into anything. So like yeah. I tell people that too. Put that into sausage and it's fantastic. Right. Burger. Yep. yep. Good. You know, that's what we do with most of our deer anyway. I take the back straps and the tenderloins. Those are mine. Yep. Everything else gets ground into burgers so she can use it for burgers, tacos, meatloaf. There you go. Chili, sloppy bacon joes. Made now. Venison bacon is fantastic. We love it. Now, how is venison bacon made? Like, what part of the venison? I mean, well, is, it, well, is just, it just like the pig? Well, yeah. They, no, no, no. What they do is they grind up the hamburger. So okay. now that I've got, and that's what I did, they were going to be so behind that I just had them grind up on my hamburger. I yeah. put 10% pork in there. Now I can bring it back to him, and they press it. And oh, then they okay. smoke it. Press okay. it, smoke it. And it's, I love it. I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's great. Well, so it's like beef jerky. Kind of, but it's, yeah, that's kind yeah. of funny, I guess, Basically. but it's, a, it's not chewy like yeah. that, you know, it's it's bacon. <laughs> it's quote-unquote bacon. I've always wondered, like, how do they have turkey bacon? That's not bacon. You grind it up. Bacon is, like, from pig and cut a certain way out right. of this brisket or wherever, stomach area. I don't know, it just tastes good. <laughs> Flatter beef jerky, I like that. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, it's just skinny, thin beef jerky. 
But I'll tell you, if you've never done uh, mule deer, that, that is something really exciting. Alberta is bizarre. We went out one day. We saw mule deer. We saw moose. We saw a beautiful 6x6 elk that day, uh, bear, all in one day. They're just, the, it's unbelievable, the animals that are in Alberta. They're Canada, all over the place. Canada's like cheating. Yeah, Anything. Crazy. You go fishing in Canada, yep. you can catch a billion walleyes, yep. giant fish, just throw a spoon, like a literal like eating spoon overboard <laughs> and they'll bite it. So yeah, having, I mean, it's the animal, and the animals up there, they're giant. They are. They're they gotta, they gotta stay warm. So yes. They grow, they grow big up in them, their parts. Right. Yeah. The tricky part is, oh, the, the spot and stock. So we'll. Now, have last. you been successful? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Each time I got, I got, a, okay. we did it twice and we got, we got deer, but you get up there and you're spotting, you're up on top of these big high plateaus and literally in the guide, hopefully he knows where they are and each time they have, and all of a sudden, sure enough, boop, they end up showing up way on these fields somewhere, two miles away and you're watching them and then they eventually bed down. And he says, okay, I think we can get him there. What? Then we drive for 20 minutes somewhere, and next thing you know, before you start walking around realizing we're in the spot where they are, you know, so then you're on your hands and knees, and you're sneaking up to them. Then you get within, let's just say, 40 yards. You'll see the tops of their antlers. Now you got to wait for them to stand back up. So one time, my God and I, we laid there for about two hours, getting cramped. Finally, and there were six of them at the time, they all stood up. And they're at 55 yards, start walking up. I'm like, no problem. I can, 55 yards is not a big deal. Right. I, I line up. They all stop. I missed. I shot like 10 <laughs> feet short. I still don't know what I did. If I, if I used the wrong, I had to use the wrong pin. One more pin. <laughs> they all turn and look at us and they run away. He looked at me and went, we waited two hours for you to do that? I'm like, yeah, sorry about that, buddy. That was, but it's really exciting to be able to try to sneak up on the deer. It's just something different that we don't, yeah. you know, go sitting in a deer stand is, it's all right, but you can get boring right. or you can be boring and, but crawling in your hands and knees trying to sneak up to him or just something so it's fun <laughs> i'm taking a nap one day i'm at my buddy's place and we're deer hunting and hunt the morning nothing i'm like i'm gonna go take a nap i'm tired so i take a nap next thing i know he comes busting in the door going get your bow there's a deer in the woods right behind the house <laughs> you know we could like, legally shoot he was out in the country sure. anyways like, let's go get him i'm like Okay, so we're just going <laughs> to spot and stalk this deer. He goes, yeah, what else better do you got to do? I'm like, sleep? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so grab my bowl. <laughs> we walk by in the house, and he's going ahead, whatever. And I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, okay. The deer's probably not even going to be there by the time we get there. So he's creeping, and I'm just following, whatever. Next thing you know, he's like, come here, come here, come here. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. So I slowly get up there, and I look. <sighs> really? It's a little freaking like yearling fawn. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that thing's tiny. He's like, it's a, it, no, it's not. I'm like, it's a fawn. And then it like heard me or him or whatever. It turned its head and just stood there. Look at you. Yeah. And I was like, hi, how you doing? And it just stood there and I go, that's a fawn. It has no idea what we are. It doesn't care. It's, it's doing fawn stuff where they just stand there and they just look at you like, huh? Back to your nap. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So we, it ran off. We kind of followed a little more. I'm like, whatever. At this point, I'm just like, hey, I'm just following a deer. Okay, cool. And then, yeah, I went in, went back to bed. Perfect. <laughs> Not a bad way to do it. No. But, yeah, it was kind of funny. I go, wake me up for a fawn. Like, deer identification, right. your skill needs to be leveled <laughs> up a little bit in as far as size. So, sure. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What else we talk about? Moose. 
Fishing, I don't know, turkey on it. Turkey, you got whitetail adventures. Yeah. Fishing frenzy. Yeah, What's the fishing frenzy one about? Fishing frenzy, that's the Canada one. It's a, it's just a gas. Oh, like I said, cheating, going to Canada and catching yeah. hundreds of fish. It's, it's, but it's so much more about the fishing. That's what I call it fishing frenzy because <laughs> the fish were easy. It was the whole idea of literally we're driving up. And I'll never forget this. We used to drive 12 hours up there. We'd leave in the middle of the night. And my dad usually drove the whole way. And then my uncle decided that my dad needed a nap. So he hops in when we're finally these dirt roads. And we usually went, my goodness, about an hour and a half on the dirt roads, the old logging roads up there. And all of a sudden, a moose is standing on the side of the road. My uncle thought it was funny. And he's driving alongside it. Hey, look at that moose. <laughs> well, what the moose decides he wants to be on the other side of the road. And he literally rolls, crushes the hood, rolls over, and leaves. By now, my dad wakes up. He dukes up. a hazard, the car. Right. <laughs> my dad wakes up like, what just happened? So we all get out. Oh, he feels terrible. And he's over there, and he's like, oh, no, no. It, it did dent it a little bit, but it only put some mud on there. And he rubs the mud off. And my dad goes, you sure that's mud? Oh. Oh, it wasn't mud. I mean, those things happen to us. You know, so we're all laughing, my poor uncle. And But you got to read the book to get oh my the end of the story. Oh, the red just goes on and on. And it just, the, the comical things, but then having bears show up. We, we never had can or anything in our tents. Mm-hmm. A bear shows up one night. And we never had him come. We're like, oh, my goodness, a bear. So we're all peeking out. And all of a sudden, the bear starts going around my, my cousin's tent. My uncle and cousins were over there. So we're trying to wake him up. And finally, he unzips it to look outside, and the bear literally is peeking right inside. So he's screaming. Well, we find out later, of course, my cousin had candy bars in his of tent. Of course, <laughs> yes. Yep. So anyway, I, it was fun. I pull all these stories together and put it in one book, so it makes it just, it's just event after event. And fishing's fun, but, you yeah. know, we, and then, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun story about Canada. Nice. All right. Well... I don't even know what to ask at this point because you've <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's, uh, I got, okay. I think I'm going to start asking people this question just because I just remembered it. All Bigfoot, right. real or fake? Fake. Positive? Uh, I'm definitely not positive. But it's <laughs> got to be fake. There's nothing out there that could be Bigfoot? <laughs> Bigfoot's fake? I think it's fake. All right. I'm pretty much on the same page. <laughs> but I had somebody ask me that. They said, have I ever, have I ever hunted Big, Bigfoot? And I said, come on, really? So that was a pretty funny one. That's what you have. <laughs> Idea for your book. Go find a Bigfoot hunter. Oh my go goodness. hang out with him for a weekend and write a book. I guarantee you that one will sell. That would be Like funny. crazy. Yeah. That is beef pure fiction, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting one. That's funny. How about pig hunting? You ever, you ever. Gone down and shot a wild boar? No. Yeah. No. Nope. I haven't done that. It's on my bucket list. I still think that'd be fun to do. Yeah, I want to do the helicopter hunt. Yeah. We, but those ain't cheap. No. That, uh, we've all watched Ted Nugent, I think, in the right. helicopter. Uh, what was it? Porkopolypse or whatever something. it was called. They, <laughs> What was it? Like 1,500 or something? They, they It was, I think, crazy. over 1,000. Yeah, I don't know. Shows you the pig problem they got down there. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's good eating, though. That's what I hear. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fantastic eating. Is it? Okay. Yeah. We had a buddy of mine used to have a booth at Game Fair, and he guides down in Texas, but he okay. lives up here or something. I don't know, but he yeah. would always bring some pork from down there and smoke it up and sell it or give it away or whatever, sure. trying to get people. And I would just sit for about an hour just pulling off <laughs> there you go. chunks of pulled pork. <laughs> like, what's up, guys? Yeah. Hey, come hunt with him. Meanwhile, I'm gonna <laughs> go eat some more. <laughs> Wild game. Mm. No, it's it's good. Yeah, I want to do that. Did you know you can't shoot him here? It's no. illegal to kill a wild hog in Minnesota. Well, I'm, A, I've never seen one, but yeah. I couldn't imagine. 
Yeah. And I, but yeah, that's funny you say that. Yeah. And in Missouri, Missouri too. Interesting. I think it's Missouri. Missouri, they do not allow hunting because they think that it actually hurts. That's interesting. Yep. They can control the population better by just going in strategically and taking out, you know, a whole thing instead of we're hunting, we shoot one, the rest scatter everywhere. Got it. But they still still got a hog problem. So who knows if it's actually working. Right. Now I don't, again though, Minnesota, has there been any hog spotted? I don't, I don't know, but I just remember reading it in a book once, one of the reg books. I was like, wait a minute. You know, that was kind of my first thing. I, okay, first of all, I didn't think there was any wild hogs in here. But second of all, this is one rule I will break. Yeah. <laughs> like if I see some random pig roaming around the woods while I'm deer hunting, I will have bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Real bacon, not deer bacon. Ugh. But speaking of food, you got a recipe for us? You know, that's very funny. On the way over, Kelly, who's fantastic, reminded me of that. And I yes. said, oh, absolutely. Now, you don't have to get all Emerald Legacy and like two tablespoons of this and that no, or whatever. I'm going to keep it so simple. All right. But it is the best recipe. Is it microwaved fish? It is not. Okay. Oh, we've, we've had that. That is great. Oh, that's great. <laughs> okay. If nobody's done it, it's amazing. Easiest way to eat walleye. <laughs> okay, Throw I... walleye in there for two minutes and it is amazing. But a little bit of butter doesn't hurt. No, so my buddy... We duck hunt a lot up in Detroit Lakes. He shoots a bunch of ducks, and he doesn't like eating them. So I Neither take, do I. So I get to take them home. You're going to try this. Okay. So you thaw out your breasts. I like to take them, so you got them like this, and you cut them in half, the yep. long nails, so they're thinner. Mm-hmm. Throw them in a Ziploc bag, a couple chugs of red wine, and a couple good helpings of brown sugar, and that's it. Let them marinate overnight. Go get yourself some good Nooski's bacon. That's still a key, too. I can You can use any bacon you want. Nooski's is awesome. It's a little bit thicker. It's awesome. Wrap them. You cut them into strips. I, I rip, wrap the bacon on the outside. You stick a toothpick in it. Get your grill as hot as you can get it. I get mine sometimes up to the 550s, almost 600 degrees, because you want the bacon to get crisp. Mm-hmm. Cook it as fast as you can until the bacon just is getting done. Pull that out. I guarantee you, you will think it's filet mignon. All right. And doing That's that it. doesn't, the and it, the duck itself comes out, you know, the medium rare or whatever, right? Now, you're not that's, cooking it until it... Here's the key. That, that's a challenge about yeah. the bacon. If you get the thinner bacon, it's a little bit easier because it's tough to get the Nooski's bacon to really cook. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, even if you overcook it a little bit, believe it or not, it still tastes great. Okay. And I'm telling you, we eat a lot of it now. My, my kids love it. My wife, it's like you cut into it every time going, this is fantastic. So it's super easy. Okay. And we eat a lot of duck breasts that way. All right. Everybody That's tells me, yeah, dude, wrap it in bacon with jalapenos and cream cheese. And I'm like, yeah, but by the time everything's done cooking, you overcook the duck and all you're tasting is the bacon and the jalapenos. So, that, so crank up the heat. And if you want to do it in an oven, so you're just searing yeah. the very outside. Okay. All you want is the bacon to be crisp. Right. You eat it medium rare if you want. You know, yeah. yeah. So the key is getting that bacon just be a little bit done. But give that a shot and just that sweet taste. And by marinating it overnight, it just breaks it down and makes it oh, just tender. I'm getting excited to go try it. Oh, i got to pull some out here this Do I week. have any duck in my freezer? <laughs> I think i got some goose, but my neighbor's going to smoke that for me. So, But, yeah, it's a little red wine and brown okay. sugar. And you can throw Worcestershire sauce if you want. You can mix it if you want, but it's that simple. Yeah. Keep so Nooski's bacon. Nooski's bacon. Where's that? Other, you get it in any cob or whatever. It's just oh, okay. it's in the bacon section. Oh, it's a brand of bacon. Yeah, okay. Nooski's is a, is a brand. Oh, I thought it was like a shop somewhere. Nope, nope. Nooski's okay. bacon's a brand. It's just a little bit thicker, and they mm-hmm. they just smoke it. I think it's a little bit better bacon, and it's just awesome. So that'd be that'd be my recommendation. It's All right, fantastic. I will try duck again. Right. <laughs> the one time I tried it, 
Eh. Like, my, well, my buddy, he does like a cream sauce, kind of a stroganoff thing sometimes sure. with duck. Well, that just masks the flavor of duck and goose, so well, you're not tasting and, and it. And you are kind of doing this also, but I'm telling you, then it almost tastes like filet mignon. I mean, you just, it's All different. Right. All right. Cool. So can't hurt it. And, and, and again, at least 24 hours. You can do two, three days and let it marinate, and it just get, yeah. keeps getting better. <laughs> well, that's like what I do with my deer, you know. <laughs> there you go. I, I cheap out, and I do the, you know, just the bottle marinades. Sure. Overnight. Yeah. Cook them up. Nobody knows the difference between Works. that and beef. Right. It's fantastic. Yes. So, all right, sir. Well, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you again? KevinLoveGreen.com is the website. Author Kevin Lovegreen, if you're searching on any kind of social media, it will pop up. Um, follow me on Instagram. Kelly does an amazing job of constantly throwing some fun pictures out there, a little motivational stuff. So, yeah, but KevinLoveGreen.com, and don't forget SMACK15. SMACK15 is your discount code. Get you 15% off. and uh, From here till the end of time. Yeah, we'll just leave it up there. I mean, I don't know. Love yeah. it. That's awesome. <laughs> Why not? I appreciate that. No problem at all. Cool. All right, sir. Well, I... I'd love to keep talking, but like I said, you just you whiz through everything so fast. If you're when you're if you're listening to this, uh, put you know you can kind of adjust how fast it, it goes. Go ahead and slow her down a little slow bit. Slow me down. Yeah, but yeah, check out the books and uh, yeah. So I appreciate it, sir. No problem. Thank, Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks to Kevin Lovegreen and KevinLoveGreen.com and that Smack Fifteen, Smack One Five. Uh, coupon code to get you guys a nice discount on the books. So, like I said before, just go buy them all. They're like a hundred bucks, and then every kids read them and pass them on to their buddies and their friends. And buy a set for your school. Buy a set for your kids' school. There you go. All right, everybody. So, thanks for listening. Thanks to Kevin. We'll try to get him back on again, uh, at least just to tell us some more cool stories about hunting and fishing and whatnot that he's done. So, like I said, he is a uh, fast talker full of information. So, you might want to listen to this one a second time. All right. What else? What else? What else? That's right. Subscribe, like, share, do all that stuff. Head over to the YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe there because it's not just going to be the podcast episodes. I got turkey season coming up. I got fishing season that's uh, already here. Oh, yeah, by the way, I did get out into the new Crestliner 1650 uh, Pro Tiller that I bought. Oh, yeah, buddy. I am excited. It's a good boat. Everything worked. It floats. It was dry. So, yeah, so I'm excited to get out into that thing more and uh, finally go chase some fish. I did catch a bass out of my boat. That was the first fish that I caught out of that boat. Not a surprise to anybody that knows me, even though we were going for some pan fish all of a sudden. Oh, look at there. There's a two and a half, maybe, maybe three pounder. I don't know. It was, it was a decent fish. I'll take it for the first fish of the year. Not a little dink, you know, 10 or 12 incher. Oh no. Oh no. It was a decent fish. But anywho, so yeah, subscribe to that YouTube page because we're going to have, uh, videos of turkey season we'll have videos of fishing and tips and all sorts of stuff and then uh, who knows what else will show up on there i don't know i'm, I'm honest i don't know i don't know what's going to show up on there but i'm gonna try to give uh give you guys a bunch of stuff on there once uh once i really start getting out and and, and doing some fishing and like i said turkey season man turkey season is like two weeks from now for me that's my season so there you go. All right, everybody. Well, until next time. Oh, oh, next time, by the way, it's a trapping episode. Yeah, that's right. We talk trapping with Craig Hilburn. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. So, all right. So until that episode, shoot straight, catch a big one, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.